welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is gary lipsky from apt capital group welcome gary thank you for having me Thank you. A little bit about Gary. Gary Lipsky is a managing partner of APT Capital Group, which buys opportunistic value-add B&C class properties, typically in Arizona. Gary has been a real estate investor since 2002 and has invested in over 1,700 units with 17 million asset under management. Gary is real estate financial modeling certified and has been a successful business operator for over 30 years. Gary co-hosts the podcast Passive Income through Multifamily Real Estate. and also the co-founder of the asset management summit with that gary would you like to add anything to your background yeah you know i've been an entrepreneur my whole life and that gave me a good background uh, when i got into real estate because i knew how to run a business i knew how to work with others and manage a team of people so you know all that work that i did previously before i got into real estate really gave me a leg up when i started investing you know i knew understood budgets and i understood the business you know creating a business plan and following through and pivoting so it great it gave me a, a tremendous uh, leg up that's cool and how did you get started into real estate and multifamily gary you know when i started investing i i bought a single family house for myself my wife and uh, you know our, our baby at the time and we looked at that as a value add as a way to create wealth so we weren't looking for the nicest house we were looking for a house that you know because we had zero money down you know we had debt so we were looking for something that we can add value so we bought a house and we opened up the kitchen we changed the garage or an office and we added a lot of value to that house and when we were sold that we grew our net worth we able to move into a nicer neighborhood that with better schools for my kids and and so that was I didn't realize that was going to play into my multifamily investing down the road when I knew how to do value add plans to to properties so uh once I sold uh, my business at the end of 2016 I really got it, I got into uh real estate full time And so I spent a lot of time learning as much as I could. I listened to podcasts like yours, I read books, I went to conferences and networked as much as I could uh, to keep learning and I I still do that to that to this day. You never there's always things that you can learn every single day. And so that gave me a really good start and then I started investing in other people's deals passively and then I became a a key principal and then I started doing my own deals. That's awesome and thanks for sharing that and you are strong at asset management. So what is the typical role of asset manager in apartment investing, Gary? Yeah, so you know there's a lot of courses out there that teach you how to get your first deal, but there's not a lot out there that tells you what to do once you get the deal. And that that's what asset management is about. It's once you get a deal under contract to the time that you you sell it and wrap up all the loose ends. So it's, it's implementing uh, coming up with a business plan, implementing a business plan, you know, maximizing your NOI, reporting out to investors, the, the tremendous attention to detail along the way because the difference between between you know 93% economic occupancy and 97% economic 
occupancy is a huge amount in wealth created from that property. It's because it's not really, there's no expenses. And when you factor in that extra 4%, that's just pure income to the bottom line for the most part. So, you know, that's, if you can really focus on that, of maximizing your economic occupancy, you're gonna add tremendous value to your property. And that's what really good asset management is about. Yeah, so true, that's correct. And what is your process for selecting great property management company? We've been lucky. We find deals in Phoenix and Tucson. We don't try to find deals throughout the US, we kind of focus on one market. And we work with a property management company that is big enough where they they had their own rehab team. When we do rebranding, they do that in-house and they come up with you know, a lot of great choices for us to choose from. So they're big enough, but not too big. But you've got to, you, it takes a, a while to find a really good property manager. You've got to go out and do site visits with them, have them do pro formas for you, spend some time to really understand their operations because even the best property management companies aren't going to be, they're not going to manage it the way you're you're going to have that, that attention to detail because they're going to manage a lot of different properties. And you know, you're going to have however many properties you own and you're going to have tremendous amount of detail. So you're going to have to almost improve some of their systems. You're going to have to add your own, you know, KPIs. Like we built uh, KPIs through, they use Yardy Matrix and we use RealPage and it connects to Yardy Matrix so that we can monitor all the KPIs that we want. So it's a little extra something that we pay for under using our uh, asset management fee, but it gives us a really leg up the, against the competition. Cool. And thank you. So what kind of relationship asset manager need to maintain with property manager or property management company? Well, they're collaborating with you and, um, you know, we have our weekly calls. We'll also do site visits probably on average every three weeks. And sometimes we'll tell them we're coming. And sometimes we don't tell them we're coming because you want to see what they're doing when you're not there. It's, it's a trust, but verify, but they're your partner. It's, you're not trying to gotcha them. You know, it's, you're, you're trying to find things that, you know, how, ways that you can improve. And that, that's how we look at it. It's very important to do that because you want want them striving to be the best. And after we implemented a bunch of systems, you know, they're striving to hit those marks. So people want to perform their best. You just have to set the correct expectations and then kind of raise the bar with them, help them raise their bar that this to the standard that, you know, way above the standard that they're used to, because typically most asset managers aren't going to push as much as we're pushing, you know, best asset managers are going to keep pushing their property management company. You know, we're going to keep pushing rents when we can. We're going to keep, you know, maximizing NOI. And that means reducing expenses when, where we can, you know, not to be uh, cheap, but you know, you in the areas that you can save money, you're going to, you're going to want to save money in areas that you can improve income and add new in- income streams. That's where you're going to co- keep pushing on. Cool. Yeah, that's so right. So would you share any like best practices you're implementing as part of asset management? Yeah, you know, it's a gradual process, first of all. It's not, I think, you know, if you're a newbie out there and, you know, you're super aggressive, you, you can't implement everything all at once. You've got to lay out the plan, get make sure everyone's on, on the same page and keep implementing new things along the way and keep striving. You know, if you're trying to get to 80%, when you're there, you know, 
celebrate the win and then push up to 85% economic occupancy and then to 90. And, and, and breaking down, so what we like to do, and this is something that we learned through uh, Neil Bawa, is his LACL system. And he talked about that at our, our virtual asset management summit. So LACL is uh, leads, the appointments, uh, showings, applications, and then uh, leases. So it breaks it down versus, you, you know, just getting a, uh, a number of, of how many people, how many new leases you got, that doesn't really help you. That's a, a, a lagging indicator. You want to see along the whole process, break it down nice and simple for a leasing agent to see. And so, you know, if, if it's 60 leads, how many applications did you get? How many showings? And, and, and breaking it down that way, they can make improvements along each piece of it and see where there's a potential bottleneck. And so you know, and that could be applied to like any task, but that's just a really good example. You want to break it down and simplify it for them so that they can see, the, see it and make it a lot easier for them to achieve uh, greater results. Yeah, thanks for sharing that experience. So as an asset manager, what steps you would take to attract high quality residents to your, your community? Yeah, that's a great question. Because typically when you take over an apartment, well, at least on a value add, you're going to have a certain amount of, of residents that may not qualify. So a, a property we bought in November, you know, we realized during due diligence that the previous property management company was, was stuffing the residents. They weren't, they didn't have two and a half times the, the income that's you know needed for uh, the rent. And so, you know, we knew that going in and, you know, it takes time to get them them out if they're not paying rent, you know, particularly during COVID, obviously. But uh, you know, it takes time to turn over that that tenant base if if they're not qualified. If they are potentially bad tenants that you know maybe partying a little bit too much on on your property and and turning off other residents that you know might not want to stay there. You want to create a community so that people stay, and that's so important because. The cost of turnover, you know, gets pretty high. So you you want to have good tenants in there, and and it does take some time. So it, uh, the long answer is a, a lot of it is on is in the front end. You know, when you're when people fill out the applications and you're you're doing background checks, and that's so important because sometimes even if you're you're hurting for you know to to fill up your your apartment building, you it's not worth taking a bad tenant because it'll cost you more in the long run. Yeah, that's correct. So Drew, so what steps your group taking to protect the assets during downtime or COVID time? Yeah, you know, so the first thing we did was, and I think almost everyone did, was kind of halt their rehab. But I forget the exact time frame. Maybe after 45 days, we went back into our, our business plan. So we bought it in mid-November, one of our properties. And so, like you said, we, we didn't have a great tenant base yet. And, you know, we had just started implementing our plan. But once we kind of, you know, got the first month's uh, rents and it was above the apocalypse that everyone was, was expecting, we went back to our business plan. You know, we painted our, our building, which, you know, cost us about 80000 We just recently, you know, fixed the asphalt. We added a dog park. We were adding washer dryers and improving units. And, you know, because we're, we're long-term investors and we know, 
you know, we've got plenty of cash reserves that over time we, you know, where we have raised rents at times, so we can keep, keep moving along with our business plan. But for those that had already implemented their business plan and maybe had a little less cash reserves and then becomes a little bit more, more critical, but you have to work with tenants. You have to help them make their payment. And, you know, we, we provide a lot of resources for them. We uh, didn't take late fees. We didn't take credit card fees. And, um, you know, you just want to be talking to every resident and know their situation and see if you can help them. And, and most people are willing to talk to you and, and work with you, but yeah, you definitely get tenants that go silent on you that aren't working with you. And, you know, that's frustrating, you know, because they're taking advantage of the situation and not doing what they could be doing as far as getting help so that they can pay their rent. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So would you like to share any best experience or outside box idea you have implemented as part of asset management, Gary? Yeah, we have uh, a property that we bought last May. We bought it for $39,000 a door in Tucson. And, and boy, I wish I bought up a heck of a lot more in Tucson at that time because that was, it was a great price and prices are nowhere near that. But, you know, this was a property that, um, you know, didn't have a good uh, property management company. The exterior probably wasn't painted in like 20 years. There was a lot of deferred uh, maintenance. So when we bought, went in there, when we bought it, we painted it right away. We fixed the deferred maintenance. And just that piece, you know, we didn't have to spend a lot of money. And most of the tenants stayed. We're pretty shocked. You know, their rents were well below market rent. And we increased some of these rents 50%. And they were still staying so you know it's the exteriors are important you know you've got uh i know we a lot of people focus on the interior some people focus on the exteriors but the just starting with the exteriors they give it the look so that even but you know we did upgrade the interior units but it just changed the the feel of the uh, property and you know people wanted to stay and so we have that property under contract for our six-year sale price right now so we're excited about that whether it you know everything goes through that's you know to be determined, you know, but uh, we're excited to see that, uh, you know, the work that we've done on that property kind of, uh, you know, jumpstart us to our uh, six-year exit after only just about a year and a half. That's cool. Awesome. Awesome. So would you share any challenges with asset management? Yeah. So, at the, you know, definitely at the property that we bought in mid-November, you know, because we hadn't turned over the, the tenant base much, we did have higher crime. It's come and gone. But what we did have to do is was is hire you know patrol to come around you know randomly and and, that, and that's a cost that we didn't plan for but it's something that we have to to deal with because you want to create a safe environment for for people you don't want people to leave thinking that uh, you know it's an unsafe uh, property so you know unfortunately when COVID struck we we hadn't fully integrated our plan so we have to spend more on uh, some of the bad tenants, but long-term we'll, we'll be fine. And that's, and you've got to be, when you buy a property and when you're an asset manager, you've got to be able to take a punch because there are curveballs out there that happen, you know, the unplanned, you know, whether it's weather or something else. And so you have to have those, you know, good cash reserves. You've got to you know, underwrite conservatively with a lot of buffers. And I know everyone says they underwrite conservatively, but, you know, I don't know how many truly do underwrite conservatively, but, you know, that's so important because, you know, you're not gonna, not everything is gonna click perfectly. 
You know, it's just, you know, sometimes it does, but usually it, it, it doesn't. So you, you have to have leeway. Yeah, so true. So what is your current focus on share something you're excited about now, Gary? Well, our current focus is, um, you know, we're, we're looking for properties in, in Phoenix and Tucson. So this way we can be experts in, um, in one market versus, you know, knowing, having to understand many markets. So we have strong relationships with uh, brokers and vendors, and, you know, we don't have to travel to all these different cities looking at properties. We can go to, you know, Tucson and Phoenix and look at you know, our properties that we manage and then look at other properties that we're interested in and look at the comps, really understand that market. So, you know, that's been our, our focus. And um, we recently wrote a book. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. Uh, we're working with the editor now, but uh, a book based on asset management. And then obviously we just finished our uh, our asset management uh, summit and we'll be running another one in, uh, in April, April 5th. Cool. And good luck both. So on one advice that impacted you, Gary? One advice? I guess, you know, keep learning. You know, you know, one of the reasons why we did the Asset Management Summit is, you know, we wanted to keep learning too from 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 other experts in the field. So what better way to run a summit and learn from 30 of the best operators, you know, to see what are the things that we can improve upon? And it's that constant improvement model, you know, never stop learning because there's even, even a newbie might have a, an idea that you never thought of before. So, you know, keep networking, keep going to other conferences and seeing what you could pick up because, you know, the business keeps evolving. You know, if you're not evolving, getting passed by. So, so keep learning. Yep. That's great advice. So any of your personal habits helping you to be successful? Yeah. You know, I've been in a mastermind before and, you know, we talked about life, health, and business. And, you know, you can't perform at your best in your business if your life and your health aren't optimal as well. So it's really important that you look at your whole self. And um, I try to to exercise every day. And even if it's a, a, a walk, you know, I've averaged over two miles a day uh, over the last, I think, four or five years since I, since I got my iPhone, I think that it, it attracts it, but you need to have healthy habits. And, and this way you can think clear, you could perform better. And so that is my number one piece of it, advice. Okay, cool. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? You know, I, I, I take a little bit from a lot of different books, but I think one of the really good books out there right now for people that invest in real estate is uh, Joe Fairless's uh, book. I forget the, the name of it, but it, it is huge. It's got a ton of information. It's easy to read. So that's definitely one of the books I recommend. And then another book I recommend, which is kind of off the path uh, for real estate investors, but it's called uh, Crucial Conversations. And, you know, that's not just good for, for real estate, but for your personal life is, is being able to have those, those conversations that are, are difficult, that many people shrink away from. But if you can, can have those tough conversations with your property manager, with your business partner, with whoever it needs to be, so that they understand where you're coming from and what needs to happen, it, you know, you can achieve a lot more. So I definitely recommend that book. Yeah, those are great books. Yeah. So how are you giving back to community, Gary? How do I give back to the community? Yes. I started a nonprofit in 2006 called Core Educational Services. So I'm still a board member. 
And, um, you know, we work with at-risk youth. Um, we've done some uh, outdoor education. We've talked, we've done some programs on um, food and, uh, and health and um, did some music production programs with them as well. So we work with about 35 kids a semester. So not a huge organization, but we've been doing these programs for almost 14 years and it's, it's uh, tremendously satisfying. Awesome. So how can listeners can connect with you, Gary? Yeah, my email is glipsky, L-I-P-S-K-Y at APT Capital Group. Our website is aptcapitalgroup.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. So I definitely welcome uh, your listeners to uh, reach out and connect with me. And, you know, we have a, a free book on our, on our website if they uh, go to that website and sign up for our newsletter. Cool. And thank you, Gary. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.